can't ride on my little red wagon. You can't ride on my little red wagon. Front seat's broken in the wicket, the wicket, the wicket, the wicket. <laughs> What's up, y'all? This is the Nick Bartlett Show. This is a Sports Pack 12 original. So don't forget it, y'all knuckleheads. If you didn't figure it out by the title, my name is Nick Bartlett. I'm the broadcast manager here at Sports Pack 12. I'm also a staff writer at Oregon Sports News. I've had my articles featured in the Seattle PI, 750 The Game, and Go Local PDX, and a bunch of other random media outlets and places and shenanigans and all like that. This is a sports show about Pac-12, current events, affairs, obviously the action of the field, and the conference in totality. Thank you for tuning in. If you're new to the show, if you've been here for a long time, eh, maybe thank you. Nah, nah, thank you for coming on. And without further ado, let's get to some Pac-12 action. You see, L.A. You see, L.A. Yeah, the Bruins are in the Final Four, y'all. It's pretty freaking exciting to have a Pac-12 team in the Final Four. Welcome back to the Nick Barla Show. We are the Conference of Champions, baby, as uh, Bill Walton would say. In all seriousness, I'm very happy that, you know, we have a team to talk about this week. There was no guarantee that the Pac-12 was going to get a team to the national semis. And obviously before this season, this probably seemed very unlikely by most media analysts and outlets and things like that. On today's episode, I'm going to be joined by Sam Conan, who's a contributor at the Daily Bruin. And he's going to give you a really cool, unique insight into his experience at the NCAA tournament. He's a senior at UCLA and covering the Bruins in his final run here in college. So he's going to give you a really, really cool insight on his experience in Indianapolis. For me, I'm just going to talk about the greatness that has been the Pac-12 hoops in the NCAA tournament. And we'll end the show with Bartlett's Ram topic of the day. And I'm really, really excited for this Bartlett's Random topic of the day. All right, guys. I'm going to kick it out to Indy, not down to LA. I'm going to kick it down to, or down? What, what direction is Indy? My mom's from Indianapolis. You think I know this? She's actually from East Chicago, Indiana. Let's keep it 100. But um, I'm going to kick it out east to Sam. He's going to give you a, a really cool piece here. Thanks for coming on. Hey, Nick. Thanks for having me on again. Happy to be talking Bruin basketball this late into the season. I didn't really think we'd be here, but here we are. Uh, it, it is what it is, and, and I, I am okay with that. So, yeah, just to, to start things off, I've been in Indianapolis uh, for the Daily Bruin uh, since the end of last week. I got here Saturday night just in time for the Sweet 16 game against Alabama, uh, which is on Sunday. And just to go through my experience a little bit, it's it's been a little wild. <laughs> uh, I did not expect to be staying in town this long, uh, like I said, but... They keep winning, and I'll, I'll stay here to, to cover it. I'm happy to do that because, I mean, probably around midseason, uh, right right before that Stanford loss, UCLA was undefeated in Pac-12 play, was was really rolling. Everyone around the, the program, everyone covering them, following them, was thinking they're definitely a top 25 team. They could be a, a top, they could be a, maybe a four or five seed. Pre- pretty confident about that. Things go off the rails a little bit, and then they totally blow up down the stretch, losing three in a row to end the regular season, and then blowing that halftime lead to Oregon State in the Pac-12. 
I, along with a lot of other people, thought that was going to be it, that that was the season right there. They'll probably sneak into March Madness despite being so cold, but however they got in, wherever they got in, that was going to be the end of the line, a one and done. It was what it was, a little bit disappointing considering where they started the year, but no one really had the expectations that this was going to be a big tournament run. I mean, we I, I did my prediction before the tournament started, and I thought I was being bold by putting them in the round of 32. I thought it was a coin flip against Michigan State, and I actually have them favored over BYU. But still, when the, the, the bracket came out, they were first four. It's a, it's a pretty disrespectful spot to put someone in, but as we can see, it, it's not a death sentence. But at the time, I thought, okay, this, this isn't going to last very long. I started looking at travel plans to Indianapolis to, to get here for the first four for the round of 64-32. Didn't really think it seemed worth it. it the, the prices were high, no direct flights, wasn't sure how long they were going to be here. So just kind of advanced past it, covered those games from my couch, had a good time covering them. Uh, it didn't, didn't hurt that they were winning those games too, but once they got to the Sweet 16, I figured I had to come out, had to really see this through. I, I'm a senior at UCLA, so this is going to be my last tournament run covering the team, and, and I had to make the most of it. And, and I was talking to a friend earlier today about how, as a, as a journalist, as a sports journalist, we're supposed to be objective here, uh, and just we have to put our, our position as a student and, and as a fan aside when we're covering this team, even though uh, most students and fans take a big Final Four run like this as a sign of pride and have to show it off and say, go Bruins and everything. Uh, in the position I'm in, I, I wouldn't really be professionally responsible to do that. But at the same time, I'm definitely rooting for this UCLA team, not as a fan or as a student, but I'm rooting for them as a journalist because, like I said, this is my last year. The longer they stay alive, the longer I'm in town to cover it in person, the bigger the stage gets. The, the bigger my work gets, <laughs> I'm happy to write about them, cover them as long as possible. And, and the longer that goes, I feel like the, the more work I'm putting in, the more it's paying off. So it, it's been a, a real great time out here in, in Indy, trying to get around the city a little bit. <laughs> it's tough during COVID, but it seems like a nice place from, from what I can tell. Uh, I, I'd never been here before, but uh, it, it was... A weird week, for sure, because I I was supposed to fly out Wednesday morning. I, I've had that all booked, even if they lost in the Sweet 16. I was going to fly out Wednesday. If they lost in the Elite Eight, I was flying out Wednesday. Ended up winning in the Elite Eight, so I had to pull an all-nighter, make some calls with Expedia, Airbnb, find a new place, get some new flights. Happy to say I'll be leaving Indianapolis next Tuesday after the championship game. Can't say whether or not UCLA will be in the championship game, but I know I'm staying through regardless. So it's a wild experience. It's the first NCAA tournament that I've covered because there was no tournament last year and the year before UCLA didn't make it. So it's just been a great experience as as a student journalist, as a student, as a journalist, both sides equally, really, uh, knowing that this is my last run probably covering this team and I'm getting every little last penny's worth of value out of this team as much content out of this team as much game time out of this team and I really appreciate that because 
who knows how much longer I'm going to be doing this. I, I hope to keep writing after I graduate in some capacity, but this this might be the end of the line for my UCLA beat coverage. Uh, so if that's the way it's going to be, I'm glad it will have ended in a crazy Final Four run like this. Really, no one saw it coming. I definitely didn't see it coming. If you've if someone out there saw it coming, good for you. You're a prophet, wizard, sorcerer, whatever. That's awesome. Uh, but it caught me off guard, and I, I couldn't be happier to be wrong. All right, guys, I'm back. And to be fair, I think that we all were wrong. Most media outlets and analysts had the Pac-12 as completely terrible. I was one of those people, as Sam touched on in the coin flip matchup with uh, Michigan State. I had the Bruins losing in that first four. So I was completely wrong. I was wrong about the Pac-12 in general in regards to basketball. I was wrong about the Beavers. I thought they are going to lose just about everything. I didn't think USC was going to go far. I thought Oregon was the best team. And turns out that is not the case. It is obviously the Bruins. So really respect your humbleness. That was actually my random topic of the week last week was humility. So it, it kind of goes with the flow here. And that's a... I just really like your humble, really just relaxed mentality on the vibe. If the Cougars, on the vibe, that doesn't make sense. But you get know what I'm saying. If the Cougars were in the Final Four, man, <laughs> I don't know if I'd have any sort of professionalism. But I really do want to touch on Pac-12 Hoops here. And just what a march it has been. And it feels like we're reaching some sort of finality here. Obviously, it is the last weekend at games. But... This past two or three weeks has been so much fun. I mean, where do we start? Obviously with the Beavers. We got the Bruins covered. I'll talk about them a little bit more later. They're in the Final Four. Nothing but love and respect. But what about this Beavers team? This team inspired me, probably inspired you, and probably inspired all of us. I mean, now that they've been eliminated, with the exception of the Loyola-Chicago matchup, they were vastly worse than pretty much every team they played in the NCAA tournament. Yes, talent-wise, I know that success and they won these games comfortably, but talent-wise, they really didn't have it. I mean, if you look at their roster, Jared Lucas can't create an open shot, really. He's a fabulous shooter, but he's not like a creator. Ethan Thompson is a stud, but there's a lot better players around the country than him. He's a stud, but there's better players. I mean, let's just keep it 100. And so for what this Beavers team did, to reach the Elite Eight, and even though it did feel like they got dominated by Houston the majority of the game, I mean, they really couldn't grab an offensive rebound, they tied it up in the last, what was it, five minutes? And it's just been the heart of all these Pac-12 teams, this team-oriented style that's made this a reality. I was talking to the guy I coach basketball with, um, he, he's the head coach of the varsity team, I'm the head coach of the JV team, and I was asking him, because he watches a lot kind of other conferences more than I do. I probably focus in more on the Pac-12. I'm like, what do you think the Pac-12 success is? And he was just talking about how the Pac-12 plays team basketball. And if you really look at it, they do. I mean, you had Colorado led by McKinley Wright, great point guard making all the plays. UCLA, Tiger Campbell making all the right plays. Oregon State, Ethan Thompson, same thing. USC, a little bit iffy in terms of making all the right plays, but their talent-wise was there, and you gotta love the hard-nosed defense they had, led by Evan Mobley, of course. And who else am I forgetting? One more team I'm forgetting here, guys. Oh, the Ducks. The Ducks, Chris Duarte. 
That guy is a stud. <laughs> you guys know I love him already. So if you're just looking at what led to the Pac-12 success here, one, it's going to be team basketball. It was just beautiful, making the right plays, unselfishness, and really the way hoops should be played. In the day and age of James Harden, 40-foot step-back three-pointers, that's not the reality for most players and most people out there. And team basketball is what's going to get it done. That is why a squad like Loyal Chicago, even though they lost the Beavs, was able to make the Sweet 16. It's because you have team-oriented basketball and obviously a hard-nosed defense in that particular case. So just March, it's it, it's really just been inspiring watching this. It's been a nice breath of fresh air. I think all of us Pac-12 fans, we know our conference has been talked about as inferior. And it's been that way for quite some time. So for all this to happen and to really get a team in the Final Four, it changes the tune of everything. I mean, when we had the four teams in the Sweet 16 and three in Elite Eight, that that was big time stuff. I mean, what the heck? Who really saw that coming? <laughs> Maybe a prophet, as Sam said. I, I don't I know who saw any of that coming. But to get that one team in the Final Four, it changes things. And it couldn't happen to a better program than UCLA and Mick Cronin. Mick Cronin has changed the face of that team overnight. I compared Johnny Juzang to Monte Ellis about two weeks ago and said that he couldn't take a team far. Well, I was wrong again. He sure as hell can. He's dominated. He's made big plays over and over and over again. He came back after an ankle injury in the opener and he's propelled this team to not new heights because this is UCLA Bruins basketball we're talking about here. I mean, the, the most dominant historical basketball program of all time but as a recent success he's propelled them to new heights and he's not Chris Smith again I'm not gonna bash a guy like Juzang he's killing it he's killing it but he's not a Chris Smith he's not what you would necessarily think is as a complete leader and for Mick Cronin to get this out of Juzang and for Juzang to respond this way hell of a job coaching hell of a job executing the game plan and just kudos to UCLA basketball. I mean, when Mick Cronin got hired, everyone was wondering why. You know, we got this hard-nosed defensive guy out of Cincinnati. We want flash. This is LA. We want money. We got. We want girls. We want. At least that's the outside reputation. And Mick Cronin did it the old-school Midwest, the way I personally coach basketball with defense and team-oriented passing. And it's been really cool to see. You got Jules Bernard stepping up as well. Tiger Campbell as. WCU head coach Kyle Smith called him the head of the snake. And this team has, I don't want to say no business to being in the final four, but it is very improbable, very unlikely. And this is a historic run from the first four to the final four. And while I'm going to pick on Zaga, because, you know, I've been picking against the Pac-12 pretty much this whole tournament. I mean, if UCLA wins, it wouldn't surprise me at this point. Talent-wise, again, Obviously, Gonzaga is probably the better team, top to bottom. But when you play tough defense, when you hold a team like Michigan to what was it, like 50-something points, you got a chance. And Gonzaga is probably a lot better than Michigan. But if you do all the right little things like UCLA has consistently done all year year long, they can get it done. Again, not probable. I'm definitely picking the Zags, but it is possible. For USC... And Oregon, they both got eliminated and their runs may be a little bit less surprising. 
Both are probably the two t- most talented teams, top to bottom in the conference. You got Evan Moby likely leaving. You got Chris Duarte. I'm pretty sure he's a senior likely leaving. If he's not, watch out, Pac. But yeah, it's it just really cool, guys. It, it's just been really, really cool to watch. And I've been enjoying figuring out my work schedule around what's going to happen with Pac-12 basketball. I had a guy cover, or asked me if I could cover his shift on, what was it, like Tuesday when I was working uh, my second job. And I'm like, I got to wait till the scores of the games, guys. I, I got to wait till the score of the game because I knew if a Pac-12 team won, I'm working Friday, not picking up the Saturday, and <laughs> watching the Bruins. So, yeah, it's it just been a lot of fun. In terms of game breakdown, don't worry about it, guys. We got a team to the Final Four. UCLA is either going to get it done at this point. They're not. And we all at least have one more Pac-12 team to watch. So kudos to Mick Cronin and the boys. I think I may have left a couple names out earlier. So shouts to Cody Riley. I think I already gave Juzang and Jules Bernard. Tiger some love. Oh, Jaime Hawkes, Triple J. Do people call him that or is that just me? These guys all have performed top of the line, top of their ability. Played better than maybe even they knew their potential was. You even got a guy like David Singleton making every single three-pointer. So Bruins, top to bottom, you deserve this. It is awesome to see. As a Pac-12 fan, it's good to have LA basketball back on top. Even though we were all mind-blown and amazed and inspired by the Beavers run, LA, UCLA, it holds weight. And this is a huge, huge step in bringing the Pac-12 back to the top of the line on the hardwood. So congrats, McCronin and UCLA. So that's going to do it for the basketball coverage today. One more time, thank you to all the Pac-12 players and coaches. You've made this year hell of a fun to watch and honestly helped me refine my love for basketball. I, I loved coaching. I loved playing. But watching this year, I really refound my love for basketball. And this was actually even before the NCAA tournament. This is just kind of, I don't know, the hummus on the falafel. This is that extra kick, the cilantro, the cayenne pepper, the turmeric, whatever you want. You need. By the way, with turmeric, you need, you need a little black pepper. Makes it a thousand times more absorbent for the body. But <laughs> Yeah, guys, just kudos to Pac-12 basketball. It has been absolutely fantastic to watch. And that's now time for... You already know what time it is, baby. It is time for Bartlett's Random Topic of the Day. And we're kind of going to stick in UCLA... We may go over the galaxy. We may go to the universe. And today, I'm going to explain what Bill Walton means when he says it all rolls into one. First off, Bill Walton, I love this guy. I love everything he stands for. I love that he gets it. And I know a lot of other people may have an opinion about him, but he gets it. Y'all probably think I'm crazy now too, like him. Y'all probably think he's crazy. He gets it, guys. What he means when he continuously says it all rolls into one, is we're all energy. That That is what he's saying. We're all love. We're all passion. We're all desire. And when he says it all rolls into one, he's talking about Jerry Garcia and his band. I personally met like, I don't know, a little country, a little rap on my mixtape. It is the same thing. It is the connection of people. That's what music is. That is what basketball is. You know, there may be a win-loss thing, but... I sure as heck wouldn't be talking to Sam right now if it wasn't for the game of basketball. I've met a lot of people through this platform, a lot of amazing people, a lot of amazing friends, some of my lifelong friends, and some amazing kids I've coached. And the only reason this has happened is because of basketball and the connection and how it all rolls into one. 
Same thing with music. If you're a musician, you meet all these different musicians, you meet the artists, you meet you just you just find the connection, you find the passion. There's energy out if you go travel to a forest. I mean, whoever whatever your belief system, your religion is, your spirituality is, we're all from the same place. We're all literally the same. We want some food, we want some water, maybe some beer, maybe some cannabis. Bill Walton probably wants some cannabis. <laughs> I shouldn't say that, but he probably wants some cannabis. Let's give it a hundred. It's Billy. It's Billy. And I, I hear a knock. Y'all knew what I was doing in college. That's maybe why I may have a slight understanding of this concept here. So, yeah, just it all rolls into one. It's all love. We're all the same. And basketball, whether you win or lose, it's not about that. It's about the fun. It's about connections. It's about the passion. And it just, it's about doing what you love and being happy in life. Because that is ultimately what it's about. Something crazy could happen tomorrow. I mean, if someone would have told us there was going to be a pandemic a year ago, would have any of us believed it? Or was it like a year and six months ago that the world would have shut down, were required to wear a mask? I mean, that seems unlikely. Heck, on a smaller scale, if someone told you that Oregon State would have made the Elite Eight, would have you believed it? No. So just remember, we're all love. We're all energy. And that is exactly what Bill Walton means when it all rolls into one. Whether it's music, whether it's a love for IPAs, whether it's tap dancing, whether it's hiking in the forest, it's all passion and it's all love. So that's going to do it for... Is that going to do it? Yeah, I think that's going to do it, baby. <laughs> um, that's going to do it for Bartlett's Random Topic of the Day. And concluding and summarizing today's show, we had uh, Sam come back on the show for his third appearance. And he gave us an awesome, awesome insight into his experience in Indianapolis and just the thoughts of being a senior in, high, in a college and where will life take me. I really enjoyed this piece, one of my favorite I've ever had on the show. And so, again, just thank you for that. I, I really, truly, truly enjoyed that piece. After that, I talked about how this Pac-12 hoop season really inspired me probably inspired more than just me, all of us out there in Pac-12 Nation, and really helped me personally refine my love for watching basketball on TV. And for Bartlett's Random Topic of the Day, Bill Walton knows real-ish, baby. He knows that it all rolls into one, and that basketball is just a small scale, the win-loss margin, just such a small, small reality of the game, the connections, the love, and the passion. It's really what the sport is, and it truly does all roll into one. Thank you for tuning in as always, guys. Enjoy the final four, man. This this is it. There may be some kind of finality in my tone. You could kind of sense it maybe a little bit in Sam's tone. This is it. This is it. Next weekend, I'll be talking to you. The season will be over. So go Bruins. Knock off the Zags. Uh, For me personally, knock off the Zags. You heard me go, uh, there because my boss is a huge Gonzaga fan. Like diehard. She was born in Spokane. So if they lose, I don't know what type of mood she's going to be in next week. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah you, you guys know what it is. Like, those Zags fans are passionate. But anyway, go Bruins. Thank you for tuning in as always. And one love, y'all.